When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton from 1057 the point and our dude former blues defenseman team member down the hall over at 101 espn jamie rivers Gentlemen, happy Monday to you. How goes it? We are Good. stopping everything right now. Wait, Jeff, February 1st. Yeah, February 1st. I don't know what it is about the month of February, first of all. It's never been kind to me. Oh, really? Why? Uh, just for whatever reason. And so February 1st, for me, is always a day where I'm like, nothing ever goes right in February. Really? Did you have your spleen deal when you died? Was um, that in February? When I, no, that was in January, but it was February when I got out of the hospital, so maybe uh... that's it. But February 1st to me always, like, I don't know. I get up that day and I'm like, God, I hate this day. Stop it. It's Donnie's birthday. (laughs) I was like, man, that blows, man. I'm so sorry. Man, I'm so so sorry. God. Happy birthday, Fandango. You you had me in there. I was like, what? (laughs) The day that the earth gave us Donnie? Are you kidding me? You know, I was wow. even. We love you, buddy. Happy, oh, happy birthday, birthday guys. Man. I appreciate it very much. I was even going to start with something non-hockey related because I had a bit of an apology that I needed to to Uh-oh. dole out. Yeah. Well, um, but, but before you get to that, yeah. let's talk about Donnie's birthday. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and and what I have to say is actually hockey related because the first time we ever met, if you remember, I was walking to a hockey game and yeah. you were. Selling, was I, it the, I was selling game programs game out programs. in front. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah, were probably yeah. playing at that particular time Those too. Little, uh, what were they called? Well, it's there was there's game time now, which I think still goes on. Yeah, but I had buddies that were trying to compete with yeah. them as like the you know the game day the paper notes. of yeah. so yeah so like for one season um I sold those and my payment was I got $5 for 2 hours of work and then a ticket to the game oh done it so Jeez. so, so Screw that your $5 give me the ticket yeah so I think that that year I'm pretty sure I saw like 38 or 39 home games like it was amazing and the best part about it and this probably t- tells more about me than I want to let go but like I, I went by myself, and it was behind the goal the Blues shot at twice, all the way up. So there was nobody behind me. I was by myself. Like, it was awesome. And this, <laughs> this is, was this old arena or new, a new Oh, no, arena? no. It was it was still uh, Savis oh, or, or whatever okay. the heck it was. One, one of the, the 12 names. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. yeah. What but was it, it named then? That's yeah. the question. Well, if it was then, then, yeah, I would have been on that team. Yeah, yeah man. Because well, 95 was my first year, and that's when they opened it. Yeah, and I was – and I mean, I was – 
you know, man, I was just looking to get into games. I was I was trying to make a little bit Hell more money yeah. on the side. But man, I remember that being out there in the friggin' cold and trying to sell those things and then trying to give people change back. Those of you that work outside, oh man, yeah, the, uh, utmost in respect because I couldn't do that. One man. of one of my early memories with my uh, children taking them to hockey games was parking over at Union Station and making that walkover on yeah. is it Clark, I guess, and everybody selling yes. and buying and selling tickets. Yeah. And I remember yeah. once we got, got two, yeah, <laughs> got two, me too. And uh, when we got past all those people, my youngest was like, "How come those people aren't here if they don't like hockey? They're selling their tickets. Why would they buy tickets if they don't want to go to?" She had no idea. Uh, and if you think about it, if, if you're a little kid, you don't know what's going on there. Absolutely, you know, nobody knows. I mean, they didn't know. I was always kind of horrified on. of those people. Like, it, not so much at games, but when rock concerts used to come to town when yeah. I was a kid. Right? It was me and my brother would go, and we were young. I mean, it's Ottawa, right? Like, what's really going to happen, you know? So parents just, like, take our leashes off, let us out of the cages. And they go, go to a rock concert. They'd be like, looking to get two here. But, and I'm yeah. like, what? why is this guy <laughs> yelling at me? What? My dad's not with me. Sir. I'm like 11 years old. Does it look like I have spare money? <laughs> right, right. I've got just enough here, pal. <laughs> the hell? My wife took it all. The, the, the scalpers are never really what got me at shows or, or at, at sporting events. It is the bootleg T-shirt salesman oh, that get me every yeah. time. And I'm looking at those, especially now, and I see those bootleg shirts, and I'm like, oh, my God, man, we all see that that looks like crap. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, but those were great. Honestly, I used to, I love those boot. I know the bands hate it. Okay, oh, so I right. know anybody who's listening right now wants to stab me in the forehead with a pen. I get it. But as a kid, I used to, like, try to collect those bootleg T-shirts because, I thought it was amusing. Well, that's not a bad collection to have. No, it's Dude, not. Dude, if you had a ba- a collection of, of banned bootleg t-shirts, I would love that. That actually sounds like something nerdy that I would start, <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact. But, uh, no, that's, I just remember, like, seeing it. There was this, there was a woman that used to do it outside of the American Theater all the time. I was going to say the American show. Theater. American Theater was the place to, to yeah. sell your bootleg shirts. But, like, I got I to gotta go quality, man. If I can look at that and that logo does not look right, then. I'm out. Or there's the people <laughs> that bought the bootleg and it's like, yeah, man, screw the establishment. Right. You know? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Machine, yeah. The, man. the machine. Yeah, man. Listen, okay. we know that if you could have afforded 25 for the <laughs> yeah, real T-shirt, yeah. you would have, but you had 15 just, to spare. Yeah, just be honest and say you, you spent the rest of it on drugs. You know, so you only had 10 <laughs> right. left on a T-shirt. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, have, I have been, over the course of the last year to a year and a half, uh, been a very unhappy St. Louis Cardinal fan. Like I, I, I was not excited about this year. It was the first time that I could remember going into a baseball season and kind of being like, I don't know that I care. Right. And I hate that feeling because as much as I love hockey, as much as I love football, baseball was the first sport that I loved and I still love it. This weekend, the Cardinals and the Nolan Arenado deal. Sorry, Mo. Sorry, Mr. DeWitt. (laughs) Sorry, boys. Hell yeah! How great is this? It's like Scott Rowland, but better. Yeah. And I say that as a huge Scott Rowland fan. They have done what they needed to do to, I think, get some of the imagination back. Because, boys, I, I was looking at this as a this is a very much a blues town right now. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals kind of overshadow everything because of how long they've been here, how big they are, so on and so forth. I was definitely seeing a path. That the Blues were starting to kind of overtake them in that. And I wonder, I wonder, 
Do the people in the offices, the management people, do they hear that? Do they oh, wonder? For sure. oh, they but have do they? To. But are they? But 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 here's the thing, though. But as a cardinal owner, as a car, are you worried still about you selling have tickets? To eventually, you know what? Pre Stanley Cup, maybe. As far as uh, 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 competing with the Blues in town, is that what you're getting at? Sort of, man. But are, are I'm, you- I'm not saying that they're going to go out and get Ar- Arenado and, and fashion this deal because. The Blues are blah, 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 blah. I don't think that's the case, if that's what you mean. But I just think that there's more room in this town for Blues fans than the Cardinals maybe thought after a Stanley Cup. It, it seems like the deals that Mo used to pull off, Doug Armstrong started pulling off. And then it had been a while since Mo had very much done much of anything, trade deadline or otherwise. And so it was just really t- a tough pill for me to swallow going, you want me to potentially pay money to see Dylan Carlson protect right. Paul Goldschmidt? Well, thank- and there's nothing wrong with Dylan Carlson, but come on, man. You yeah. got a big pony in, in Paul Goldschmidt that you don't want to go to waste, and now we got somebody to protect well, think him. about oh, a week ago, you had no Wainwright, no Molina, no Wong, yeah. and, and no Arenado. Now you have two for sure. Well, not for sure, because Arenado's not done, done. Right. But you got two. Now all we need is Molina maybe coming back. Yep. I Which mean, it's reported that he is yeah. coming back right after this after uh, the, Caribbean series. Right, yeah, looks yeah. like he's going to sign for at least a one-year deal back here. So. Right on. I mean, it just—it's nice. Like it's—it's—it's it's, a—it's a nice feeling again. Yeah. And, and and also too, and I've said this on this podcast before, and I know I do it. I know I take the Cardinals for granted. I know I do, and I think that St. Louis as a whole, I think we have a tendency to do that. It's been a real great period of time for a long time, and when they've even been bad the last couple of years, they. Have haven't even really been bad. So, but it's just getting something like this and a player like this, man. I am, and stoked. I think, and Jamie, you will get to talk. Um, <laughs> sorry, just, guys. I just bought a ticket to the Donny <laughs> Show. I'm okay with it. No, sorry, he, guys. He does sports for six hours a day. On the, all we want to talk to him about is hockey, though. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. But, uh, I mean, tell me, uh, this is great for the future because let's say they bring back Molina for one year, and then Molina's gone. Now we got to find ourselves a catcher, and if we got to go outside the organization, have an Arenado at, at third and Goldschmidt at first, uh, catchers may want to come here. That may not have won. Well, they've got a young before. stud coming up. I understand. Ivan that. Herrera. Is and he, I think will what he be ready do, in a year, you think? No, but I think what they'll do with Yachty is probably go, you know, one year in an option year or something like that to where you get to your two years, Yachty. We just want you to prove that, not that you have to prove anything, right. but we just would like to see that you have another great year and we'll give you that last year and that bridges the gap to the, the new young kid. and. Apparently the, he's the next Yachty. And so. if he has a good, if the young kid has a good camp, you can always just stick Molina in center field, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I know. mean, he pitched the other day. <laughs> he did. For, pitch. he, did he? he pitched. He pitched for the Dominican. He, put, yeah. he pitched. He played first base and he DH'd. Three things I never thought I'd ever hear Yachty or Molina right. do. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. th- and two of those things, Mike Schilt will say, ah, no, let's not. no, <laughs> let's 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 really focus on this. So, so bottom line, it's it's as last Monday, it was not good to be Donnie, but today as a sports fan, it's great to be Donnie. My yeah. Bills have a great future. My Cardinals are back in it, and the Blues continue uh, to be the Blues. Have a good weekend series against Anaheim. Uh, a, a good solid, what I feel like a solid game last night. Villa Huso played well. Yeah. So 
Things looking up for the uh, the St. Louis sports fan, I think. And yeah. it's your birthday. And it's the birthday. Yeah, yeah baby. Happy, happy, 50, happy 50th, man. That's really. Do we, I, dude, do, I'm getting close. I'm I know, 45. 45. And I remember. You know what? 45? Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, at this age. Over 55. <laughs> Thank you. What? <laughs> I remember making fun of my dad at this age going, man, you are old. Those jokes aren't funny anymore. Like, at all. I do not give him trouble about being, uh, about, about, about his age. Yeah, it all comes back around, it doesn't does. it? It Eventually. does. It does. Yes. Oh, boy. So, well, happy birthday, and know that you are a big, I, I value you very much in oh, my life. Thank you. I really, I, really do. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. It's nice to be here. I walked in, and the boss was like, what the hell are you doing here? Right. I'm like, well, thanks, boss. I'm here. It's no, he's like, day. I fired you. Yeah, he says that. Oh. He must have thought you were me. <laughs> Not a good joke. <laughs> Not good. Not he's good. like, wait, Chrissy didn't hit you off uh, in the Donnie, lobby? Donnie, remember when I said Monday before you come in, check your email? <laughs> You remember that? Yeah, it's good to give me but these kinds of jokes. You're right. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it is very good to be a Blues fan right yeah, now. Yeah, man, is for damn sure. So, what do you think of the play over the weekend, Jamie? Against against the Ducks? Well, you can't argue with the first game, right? They came out fired out of a cannon yeah. for that first one, scoring two <laughs> goals right away. Then third goal following right after. I mean, the game was over. Although I got to admit, I, my heart rate did get up a little bit when we had the chance to make it four nothing. We didn't, and then when they made it three to one. I was like, eh, maybe I'm not so comfortable here right now. But it was no problem. Look, Jordan Bennington played great. Jordan Cairo, this kid is on fire. I shouldn't just isolate him because I think it's the whole line. You know, like if, if Jordan Cairo is playing with another line, he may have this success. He, he may be doing well. But the combination of having Braden Shen in the middle of the ice where he's comfortable and where he's such a workhorse and, you know, he's such a gritty player, he doesn't ever get the credit I feel that he deserves He's playing amazing. And Jaden Schwartz is buzzing up and down yeah. that wing. I mean, Braden Shen has two speedsters on the wings, and he's the you know the blood and guts in the middle, and he's finishing. So him and Cairo are putting the puck in the back of the net, and Schwartz, he's getting points. That line's incredible right now. Uh, as, as, as far as finishing is concerned, it's such a – I would love to see Shen score more goals like that, the one where he dove and did the tip thing. Unbelievable. That is a Shen goal to me. Yeah, that's a, absolutely. That's a Shen goal. Do you guys know that since the trade with Philly – that Braden Shen is our top scoring forward since that moment. Wow. So St. Louis Blues, I mean, of all the forwards we've had, and I know he's been here a little longer, but you take in Vladdy at that point, you take in some other guys who've been here. Braden Shen is our top scoring forward since he was traded here from Philly. Wow. That's amazing. Here's a kind of a weird question. I'm thinking of it as I'm talking. So look, this could be a, this could be out, a game. It's all right. okay. So when you are, so the Blues traded, what, two first rounders to Philadelphia for Shen? It was a first rounder in Yori Lutera. And oh, Scarface. Boy. Yeah. So, uh, so at he had a what, nasal problem. At what Never point? figure it out. I mean, man, man. So, at what, at what point do you, like, do you, obviously it's a successful trade for the Blues, but you have that number one pick kind of hanging out there, which you don't know what that turns into eventually for, for, for Philadelphia. How does an organization, like, how do they judge a trade like that? It's working in the now, which is what the Blues need it to. So then what happens to the pick the Blues kind of don't care about or... Can you kind of talk about how management looks at, at that and getting the trade value? When you make a trade and you include a draft pick or a young prospect, all you're saying is you're happy with the return that you're getting back right now. It doesn't matter if player X, Y, or Z, if they become Connor McDavid after, it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Because we're happy with the player we got back, and we believe that with this player, it's he's probably a better bet than the pick. And I say Connor McDavid. 
okay, that's like one in a million, sure. one in a hundred million. But if you look at the percentages of first-round picks that end up being impact players, and the Blues at that time were selecting somewhere in the middle, odds are you're not getting a player that's going to be as good as Braden Shen. Mm-hmm. So you unloaded Yuri Laterra. And he was good. He sniffed around year. that a little bit. He did sniff around a little too much. That might have been the problem. Uh, Yuri's doing well, though. Somewhere in a Turkish prison. Anyways. <laughs> no, stop. I'm Come just on. kidding. He's not there. He's in Russian prison. Anyways, <laughs> um, he's not in prison. That's a joke. You can Google it. He's not in prison. I don't think. Anyways, you were okay getting rid of his contract at the time to bring in uh, Braden Shen, and you were okay with getting rid of a first-rounder because you got Braden Shen, who was a former first-rounder. I believe he was a top-ten pick. And he had all this potential. Look at now, right? So if you take that number one pick, whoever, I'd have to go back and look to see, you know, who Philadelphia picked with that. Sure. But at this point, you'd probably be willing to to put them up against Braden Shen any day of the week. That's one of those situations. A lot of time, and I think I've heard you say this before, where you're trading. You already have somebody. You have a Braden Shen, and the other guy is somebody you hope to be Braden yeah, hope. Shen. Yeah, you hope but to be hope. Braden Shen. Yeah, hope. but it's just hope. Yeah, yeah. So. hope in one hand and you know what in the other, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have to look that up. <laughs> just not on Saturdays, Jeff. No. So, uh, Billy Huso uh, played last night, gave up a goal early, uh, but then... Hey, wait, stop. Let's go that right oh, wait, now. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, Donnie, I phrased it wrong. Donnie, Don't be mad at me. I'm not. I'm not it's not his fault. I'm they're, not they're, mad they're at you. I'm not blaming Huso for the goal. So, it was tipped I, and deflected. It was I'm not, not one I'm that not he could I'm not aiming this at you. Well, it I'm looks aiming, like it. I'm aiming it at people who are on Twitter. That first goal was that when you first started hating Huso? Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Where he says, I'm out. Dude, I just got scared there, though. I did. I just wanted to admit. I was. I do not. look. He's given me. I do not too. think it was his fault. <laughs> was I just would like look. to say that. <laughs> it was over a softball bat I was yeah, going to use. That was a good bat. It, it really it's a good was. Bat. No, to, I was pointing at you, but isolating your question or your comment to about some of the Blues fans that I saw on Twitter after that goal. Oh, my God. Is Jimmy Howard still available? I know oh. he retired, but can uh, we get? Oh, come God. on. Lots of garbage flying around. And then I went back and watched the goal about two, three, four, maybe five times. It hit two things. Yeah. Right. Went off of one player off a stick, bounced up and over. So I'm like, what are we doing here? Now, that could go one of two ways for Billy Huso at that point. He might just be so mentally broken that he's like, oh, my God, I, nothing is ever going to hit me. Or he goes the other way, which is what he did. And you couldn't get a grease BB past him after that. Mm-hmm. He was solid. He had a couple of split saves and a couple of rebound saves, a cross-crease glove hand save. This kid was there to play. And I was really, really happy for him, really happy that the team scored some goals for him because it's been known that the second game hasn't been great yeah. for St. Louis Blues so far this year. But the players talked about it after the game, too, how they recognized, hey, guys, this is not good enough. We, we've got to play better. We've got to give him something here. And, and they played better. So I was very happy with Ville Husso's game at the end of it all. I think he's going to be a really solid goalie. I think we got to give him time. And you can't hyper focus on every goal that goes in sure. without knowing all the circumstances or watching exactly how it happened. Can't just be ah, there we go again. Right, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I'm I'm not the guy that watches every single NHL game, but if a game is on non-blues, I will watch at least a bit of it. And I saw a little bit of the, the Canadians. How is Jake Allen doing? He's had a good go, man. Good. Yeah, he's playing really well in Montreal. I I believe they're heck. I think they're undefeated. This year, or they may have won lost. They're they're in first place over there, and Jake's played two or three games already, and he's been stellar. So, boy, he is just somebody. I mean, and, and it seems like we get a lot of guys around here. 
that that we get emotionally attached to. But boy, that's a guy that I will root for. Yeah, I would say no matter where he goes, but if he winds up as a Blackhawk, I can't make that right, promise. Right. But, I mean, he's just somebody that you absolutely root for. And then I always just get excited when I know guys are playing in Montreal or Toronto because you know that for them it's got to be a big freaking deal. Well, Jake Allen, believe it or not, going through everything he went through here in St. Louis, and this is why I jump on the people who start nitpicking at Billy Husso because how many people – we're just, you know, couldn't wait to run Jake Allen out of town right. for yeah. so many years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they found out, oh, wow, he's a, he's a pretty good guy. Uh, wow, he's a pretty good leader. Jeez, yeah. he was a great backup during our Stanley Cup run. Right. We couldn't have yeah. done it without him. And then, oh, boy, then he was amazing the next year. Um, okay, maybe we like Jake <laughs> Allen. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm always that, – that whole stretch for him got him mentally prepared to play in Montreal. Because I played there. If you're not mentally strong, dude, you're in the corner crying, sucking on your thumb by the end of the first week. Because they have a million reporters, mm-hmm. probably a hundred and so at every game. A hundred? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Like big time. Still? Still. Wow. And what they do is they break your game down. Shift by shift. They used to have a shift chart. They put it in the paper the next day. Wow. They'd have a shift by shift, like what you did, how much time you're on the ice. If it was a good play, bad play, a grade on that shift, a grade on the period, a grade. And, and how long has it been oh. since Montreal has had any real success? It's been a while. Um, they've had some mediocre success in you know the last decade, but they haven't really been a powerhouse. I think '93 was their last Cup win, so it's been a long time. But uh, I guess my point is, if Jake Allen was not mentally tough to go there. He might have a hard time, but right. he's not. Right now, I mean, he's playing really well. The team they have is playing really well yeah. at the same time. But it's just like it doesn't bother him. And for, so for that, I'm really happy that you go through crapping life sometimes for a reason. And I think that that's why Jake Allen's at where he is now is because he was able to get through it all. And he went up there with the Stanley Cup, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that carries a lot of weight in a room that nobody had one. Right. So. Um, you, we, you brought up Billy Huso, and I thought you were going to yell at him. So uh, while you're in that mood, <laughs> do we need to be worried about Robert Thomas yet? Because of no goals, I think it's five assists, but he's a plus four. That's just off the top of my head. I didn't look that up or anything. Um, but do we need him to be Mr. Goal Scorer? Or we need him to be Mr. Distributor. Donnie, I think, has a... a I'm going I'm to go in a, I'm add an addendum to your question. Or is it Robert Thomas, or is it the line that Robert Thomas is playing on collectively? Well, Sammy Blay had a goal last night. Yes, he did. That's so right. created created by. Yes, exactly. So, look, Robert Thomas, uh, he's fine, okay? There's no four-bell alarm going off here. We don't have to get crazy about it. He's still getting used to playing with a guy named Mike Hoffman. And I think Mike Hoffman has some work to do, Okay. I don't think he has work to do as a hockey player. He's proven. He's fantastic NHL talent, and he's got the goals and the resume to, to back it up. But he's still a new St. Louis Blue, and he's still getting used to what we call Blues hockey. And right now it looks a little bit like a push and pull, push and pull against each other when I watch Robert Thomas and Mike Hoffman play. I see one guy doing one thing and the other guy doing another. Like – Mike Hoffman last night, there was a play where they entered the, across the blue line, and he just bolted right for the net, which is fine, okay? But you have a centerman that doesn't want that. And Robert Thomas pulled up, looped back up to the blue line, and then was looking for another play, and then Hoffman was down too low. It's like, okay, these guys got to figure it out a little bit here. I think they have to communicate. I don't know if they are, but I, I would be talking every time we got off the ice, be like, okay, 
what do you see in there? You know, not, hey, I'm open, get it to me, jerk. Right. It'd be, hey, what do you see in there? Well, I'm looking at the fact that I'm pushing all the pace back to the net, and I'd like to pull up to get that second layer of offense. Well, that second layer of offense should be Mike Hoffman. Sammy Blay should be driving to the net. Second layer of offense should be Mike Hoffman, who's trailing up behind, and now you're laying it out for him on a tee as he comes in with a one-timer. Mm-hmm. But they got to get used to that. They're not. You know, they're just. They're that's, close. That's not bad hockey IQ on Hoffman. It's just getting used to each other. Yeah, it, it's and really whatever. not. You're right. He's just come from different systems, and this is something. And this is a unique individual, Robert Thomas. He likes to control the puck. Sometimes when the obvious play is there, he doesn't make it. And you're like, why is he doing that? And then bing, it's backdoored with another guy, and he scores. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's why. You know, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's funny. These guys who are so mentally gifted and, and physically gifted, they see the game a different way. And sometimes the hardest thing you can do is try to tell a guy to simplify his game so that, you know, we get a better opportunity. But sometimes you have to simplify your game for the guys that are on the ice with you because mm. they're not maybe thinking the same way. It's a, the story I tell about Wayne Gretzky all the time when he was coaching me in – in Phoenix, and he's talking to me after the game, and he's mad at the power play, and he's mad at this guy, and he, he's like, well, how can he not see that guy? I'm like, hey, the last name on his jersey isn't Gretzky. <laughs> right. So he has no idea what you're talking about. He doesn't know what he – like, you can't teach some of that stuff. Right. And again, and again, that's why some of the greats aren't don't turn out to be great coaches. Right, it is yeah. because they can't understand how players are so stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me just do it. Yeah. So somebody that has seemingly over the course of the last couple of weeks turned a lot of Blues fans' heads and opinions is Justin Falk, and I feel like he had another really good game last night. That and, Falker, and he, that mother <laughs> Falker, and it seems like, and and you know what, man, and it seems like, and I could be wrong, but the more comfortable dude gets. He he, a little bit of that physicality comes out a little bit more. You know, not not completely like, a, but he no, can. But he's throwing he, the body. He can, a he little can use bit the, bo- the guys, body. I a think bit. he's got the most hits on the Blues team. I could be wrong. I if, I, be, if I'm wrong, he's second. Okay, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And he's I'm not really playing well. Jeff. But anyways. who's first? Bassin probably. He's probably first. <laughs> Bobby Bassin. Bobby Bassin. You know what? Yeah. You know what we're going to do one day, Donnie. We're not going to say a word. Okay. And we're going to come in and do a show, uh-huh. and it's going to be at the time when we start to do guests, and we're going to pull up a guest. We're not going to tell Jeff, and it's just going to be Bobby Bassett uh, that dude, we have on that day. But see, I don't, I wouldn't. We be might able... need a cleanup on aisle two over here. Yeah, but hold on, Burton. don't tell me either. You you need to keep that yours because I'll be just as excited yeah, as he is. He'll be man. more excited. Dude, I, I love think. Bobby Bassett. <laughs> I just say it for me? the joke. It's, they dated for a while. I think. I'm not sure. It wasn't well, serious. No. But hey, man. But that's a. But, no, we'll go back to what we were talking about. But like, man, Bob Bassett was the kind of player that gave us hope back in the day, man. Absolutely. Because like, as the team wasn't great, you had that scud missile running around, and it was. Oh, fun he was to, awesome. It was Bobby fun Bassett was here when I first got here, and what a nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. It was awesome to the young guys. Helpful. Um, you know, made sure that you're get, getting to lunch with some of the guys after practice and whatnot. And then he'd go out and try to, like, eat your eyeball in the middle of the play. Like, Come here, kid. Take a bite out of your forehead. Like, was, what uh, happened to the nice guy who held the door for me? This, I think this guy might have been around when you were here one of the times. He was number 15, and maybe the last name started with an L. Langenbrunner? No. Ah, darn it, anyway. He was a forward. I know that much. Fifteen. I think it was fifteen. Only the, the first L that came up to my mind, and I know it's his first name is Lubos Bartechko. No, yeah. <laughs> and I just Langenbrunner is the only one I know. It was like maybe it wasn't L. Oh, what about fifteen? But started with an R. That's it. That's it. Come on, Davy Roberts. No, I don't know, man. 
anyway, he was a complete jerk to Reasoner. me. Marty Reasoner. Nah, he was a 15. He was yeah. been, And his last yeah. name starts with R. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. You're, I'm we giving you all I got here, Jeff. There's, there's no L's in Reasoner? <laughs> no, no. I think it might have been him because he had. Well, a, Marty he, was a great guy, though. Oh well, maybe he. Although was, you are a jerk, so yeah. Maybe it, it was just maybe he was having a bad day, but man, it was just it's in probably because you were interviewing him in the showers, passing again. each other <laughs> in his house, and he didn't know I was there. No, it was in the locker room, and I just and he was coming back from an injury, and I said something just offhanded like, "Hey, how's the leg?" And he just kept walking, going, "I'm injured. It hurts." And he just kept walking. Yeah, that, like, that, was a, that wouldn't have been him. You don't think so? No, oh, I know. I'll so. have to look up the fifteen number 15s in the yeah, history of This is great. You just drop it on us like this, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, sorry. He's a jerk. No, just it so makes for good radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just Carry wanted, on. I'll look I, it up. I just wanted to know how Jamie thought Justin Falk has, has, has been playing. And, and been how, how And how have you kind of seen it ramp oh up my as the year's gone on? kidding me? Okay. This guy, his stock is <laughs> trending <laughs> upward. Look at I, I, I own it. The first couple of games, we were in here going, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't see why this guy or how this guy is ever going to figure this Poor out. Or you. We just kept going, what? And you're like, well, maybe he's on this side, and maybe he should be on this side in the play. Maybe the system, and maybe he needs to be. You're just like, now you're like, holy cow, I don't know what the hell to do. I, at now that point, I was like, up. I don't know. Maybe it's just hockey that's the problem. <laughs> but <laughs> And that's Are not you good sure when it's it is. hockey you play? <laughs> but I was wrong. And I'm I'm happy to be wrong. Trust me, I'll eat a bowl of you know what when I have to. And Jeff, you've been there. You had yeah. friends. Anyways, we made uh, a lot of money that night. <laughs> it was worth it. But yeah, Justin Falk has been great, and the physicality is something he's always had. And before the season started, I had mentioned even in here on the podcast. If you go back, I said he's got to bring something unique to the lineup. He can't just be a, another player at seven million dollars. Yeah, he's got to do something unique. And I said, maybe if he steps up like once a period and clocks a guy. Now he's bringing something unique because nobody else on that blue line is really doing it. Vince Dunn, every third or fourth full moon, he'll step up and do it. And it's not that he doesn't like it. He just is not really part of his game. Yeah, right. Justin Falk has taken a guy to the carpet like once a game now. Yeah. Another big hit last night. And his timing on it is good. His gaps are good. He's jumping up in the play. Guys, I got nothing negative to say right now about Justin Falk. And he made a sensational play with Bruce. Excuse me, as I'm burping on air with Braden Shen. <laughs> oh yeah, for that pass where he redirects it in. I mean, that's that's a big league play. What about Dunn? What about uh, Vince Dunn? He looks great. I'm so, so, so happy maybe for that the young game. Man. Just 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 to to like you said, yeah. take that breath and to watch it is maybe all you need. That is so fascinating, man. It ended the up being more beneficial human... than you think, though, because yeah. of the second game being canceled in Vegas, which we were all pissed about, and I know the guys were pissed about too. But that gave him another day. couple of days to be like, okay. Everybody's talking about COVID right now. They're not talking about Vince Dunn. I'm not being traded to every team in the league right now. Yeah. Craig Berube does a great thing and puts him back in the lineup, plays well, scores a goal, and now it looks like he's somewhat back to normal. Like well, he was closing guys out good at the blue lines yesterday. I was really happy. First of all, does when you get a, a healthy scratch like that and say, hey, go take a blow, think about what you did today, and then people start – you know, starting the, the little ground fires about, hey, this team is looking, this team is looking, this team is looking, and then you get back in there. That's kind of messed with your head, first of all. And second of all, I would, I would like to say Barube came out and said, hey, he did well. You know what I mean? Like you said, there's yeah. no reason to say you suck, sit down, blah, 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 and then uh, go after him in the press. He set him down for a reason. Then when he played well, coach made sure to say in front of everybody, the press, hey, he did well. That's essential to the yeah. trust between the player and the coach, right? Because – if the coach kicks you in the balls again when you just thought you played pretty good, like then you're like, well, what's the point? 
Why am I resetting? Why am I caring? Like, why would I even want to be here? The rumors must be true, and at this point, I can't wait to get out of here. But no, that's not what you want as a coach. And Craig Ruby knows he's he's been a player. He played over a thousand games as a tough guy. He was probably in that situation, not being a big scorer. His his career has probably been in a healthy scratch situation. Always expendable, right? When you're not a top player, you're always expendable. And so it was great to have him come out in, in the media and just say, look, Vince Dunn played good. I thought he looked more like Dunner. I thought he did more Dunner things out there. And it's true. And you know what? That'll go a long way with the player. And to your point, your first question about how the noise, you start, listen, dude, don't open your Twitter. Don't look at anything. You're out in Vegas. You're out in Anaheim. Go take a walk. Go get some sun. Whatever it is, don't read up about it. Because if you start reading that crap, dude, you're going to just go down a wormhole of hell. I think it would take a very special person not to be able to read that stuff, though. Well, for sure, and especially when I well, would think you've got you've people. done it once. Right, yeah, I guess. Because I can tell you, like, when that mm. started happening to me at first getting traded and whatnot, I would, like, look at like, well, what are they saying? What are they saying? Right. And then after I read that, I was like, nah, I don't even care anymore. And then it would happen, and I wouldn't even look. People would be like, well, I'm like, I don't really care. I'm busy packing my bags right, right. now. <laughs> <laughs> Does it say where I'm going? <laughs> okay, funny story. Funny story. When I, uh, when I left the Blues for the very first time, they had what they had called the waiver draft at the start of the season. It was a thing. It's no longer a thing. And so it was kind of like the expansion draft where you could only protect so many players. And it was tried to, it was to try and create parity in the league. And you could only protect so many defensemen. I think it was like four at the time. And so I was left unprotected to one year. And Larry Plo let me know. He says, we left you unprotected. We've got, you know, we had McInnes, Pronger, Duchesne. We had a bunch of guys. And he's like, you're just on the outside looking. And I only had played two years for the Blues at that time. Maybe three. Not sure. Anyways, so I get a phone call later on, and uh, it's Larry Plo. And he goes, uh, yeah, Jamie, unfortunately, someone claimed you. They picked you up off waivers, and, you know, unfortunately, we're losing you today. And I go, okay, well, where am I going? He goes, uh, well, New York picked you up and so whatnot. And I didn't think any of it. I'm like, okay, Larry. He's like, well, the GM will be in touch with you. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, I'm still, this is my first time happening. I'm trying to process everything. I'm driving home. I had just bought a new house. I had just gotten married here in St. Louis. And I'm like, boy, I'm going to be divorced before I get home. And she didn't expect this crap to happen. So I get home and the phone rings again. And it's, it's GM. I'm like, uh, you know, hello. And he's like, Hey Jamie, it's, uh, we're happy to have you. Looking forward to getting you out here. And I'm like, where am I going? <laughs> New York. I go, which one? Wait, that's, that's what I was wondering, man. He goes, the Islanders. He goes, this is Mike Milbury. I was like, oh, my God, wrong number. Click. <laughs> she, she, should have, she had to know you were going to be moving eventually. No, she didn't, but, man. Oh, she like, didn't? You have to realize that when we started uh, dating and being together and lived together here, like, I was a St. Louis Blue, and things were going pretty well. And so she didn't – like, what experience would she have being yeah. a girl that's born and raised in St. Louis? All of a sudden, she's married to a Blues player, marrying a Blues player. Why would she think that this guy's going to get traded or, you know, something's going to happen? It's just supposed to just be here, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, well, she was in for a surprise. <laughs> so it was just the Blues and the Islanders that you played for, so that's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not like you moved around. Did she ever move around with you? or she always... All the time. Oh, she did. Every time, man. It was it was crazy. We moved everywhere. When we had the kids, we drugged them everywhere. And then when they got to school age, uh, we spent one year of taking my oldest to kindergarten in Detroit when I played there. 
And then when I got traded from Detroit to Phoenix, <laughs> I wish I could have videotaped it. My wife was literally like, you know when you're at the casino and the dealer's done with their shift and they give you the, yeah. and they flip the hands over uh-huh. and they're uh-huh. like, goodbye? Yeah. That was, I said, uh, yeah. I said, I just got off the phone with Kent Holland and just got traded to Phoenix. He was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going back to St. Louis, she says. Call me. Call me later. Phoenix ain't a bad area, right? But she was over it. At the time, we had uh, the three kids are just young, and she's like, I am not moving again. And then schools, she's like, screw it. We'll just have home base in St. Louis. Kids will go to school, and we'll rent a little, like, apartment or a townhouse or something, wherever, and we'll make do, and and the kids will just fly back and forth. So that's how it went for, like, the next four years. Life of a hockey player. There was Russia. There was Switzerland. (laughs) How many times have you guys moved? Oh, like total? I mean, in, in play, playing career with your like, how many times have you had to say to to Mister Rivers, "All right, honey, we're moving." How many times? Uh, probably like nine. Damn! Wow! Imagine? Yeah. I cannot imagine, and I also think as as fans, we just do not put enough stock into the human aspect. Of of moving nine times. Well, also here, think Donnie, of- get a load of this. Let me tell this one story real quick. Is when I signed with the Red Wings, uh, there was no guarantee that I'd play on the big club. They had every Hall of Famer known to mankind, right? But my agent said, "Look, if somebody gets hurt, you're going to play. They don't go with young guys or unproven guys." So I went to training camp. Everything was great. They kept me right up to the last day. And they're like, "Look, we just don't have room. You're going to go down to Grand Rapids, which was the American Hockey League team." I'm like, okay, fine. So I go to Grand Rapids, and it's like a week. And you got to find a place to live there. The, the the American League doesn't put you up in a hotel like the NHL does. They're like, hey, you got a night in the hotel after that. You know, you pretty much have to be out, find a spot. So I just found a townhouse, a two, three-bedroom townhouse. Went and got, like, all the rental furniture and everything. We moved in. And the, the next night, we went and played a game in Cleveland, and Darian Hatcher at the same time, blew out his knee for the Red Wings. Oh. So I get met in Cleveland from by Ken Holland and Jim Nill. I get in a car with them after the game in Cleveland, and they drive me to Detroit to join the team. Meanwhile, my wife, my mother-in-law, the three kids are all sitting back in the townhouse in Grand Rapids. Waiting for you to come home. Which we just all moved into. We just signed all the paperwork for all the furniture, just got a whole bunch of food to stock up, all that stuff, and I never went back. <laughs> how long How long had you been in the townhouse? Like Two days. Oh, my Two days. God. Now, back it up. Okay. Did you get your deposit back? No, I don't know. I think, oh, we got, uh, I think we got something on that one, but not money. I mean, like, you know, yeah. the old boot in the pants. Uh-huh. To top that one off that year, too. This is why I don't understand why my wife didn't actually not just leave me, but just have someone kill me. Because <laughs> right, right. right. That year, she gave birth to the twins, and it was right before training camp for the Red Wings. And uh, she has the twins, and three days later, we get the twins and drive them home. I drop them off in the one truck, grab the keys, grab my truck, out the door I go because training camp starts the next day. Oh, so <laughs> twins, twins plus my oldest daughter. So she's left with three kids. Then the whole Grand Rapids experiment. 
to where wow. she just arrived there. And now I'm like, I can't believe Do you know how it's tough for you and me to come in and sit down and intro music and talk about stupid stuff on the radio when we've had a bad night? No kidding. Just had a little tiff with one of the kids or a significant other? My gosh. I, and then go play hockey after this. And again, we do not, We and I think it's an easy thing to do, man, but we do not take stock in the person that is behind the player. Well, we, we, and, and it's, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's our fault or whatever, but like, you got to think that. I can that. tell you why. Because somebody like this, and it's harder for somebody who with the, with the uh, language barrier, but all we see is them on TV. You know, how many times have you heard a hockey player or a baseball player talk and you went, oh, I didn't even know he had an accent. Sure. I didn't even know he was from here or from there. Imagine coming in and having the language barrier and being 19 years old Man. and mom and dad, if they're even around, are in some other country. And, oh, by the way, you have to be uh, an elite athlete as well. On top of being Can't imagine. Yeah. I just try to find my way to work every day. <laughs> right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. How many times have I gone back downtown, if, you know, instead of coming here? I can't even remember that. And just to, to be an elite athlete in a different country, especially at a young age, always blows me away. Well, and also, too, now. So in 2021, so, so you, you're, a, you're a player. You've got kids that are old enough to be on social media or to see what's going on out there. And have to read. Oh, yeah. I just think there's a lot that goes into it. Sure, it's great that you make twelve million dollars a year, but it ain't that friggin' easy. Who the hell's making twelve million dollars? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, you're, making, you're making more at than at the end than of that average. year. I think they gave me a bill. <laughs> <laughs> just think about being a professional athlete and having your coach have to talk through an interpreter to you. Yeah, that would be. I mean, so well, I, I went through it. Didn't Roman Turk? And I'm sorry to cut you off, but please go back to that. But were you around with Turk, Roman Turk? Yeah, just a little bit. He was fine. Okay, no, but I remember him. Him saying one time that he basically learned English by sitting in his hotel room watching TV. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was in Dallas first, and then when we got him, he spoke a little more English than yeah. what he certainly came over with. But I went through it when I went to Russia. Oh yeah, Makes dude. Sense, yeah. I got off the plane and it was like I'd taken bad drugs. Everything was Cyrillic alphabet, so you can't even you're seeing symbols that you recognize as far as like brand names. But you're not recognizing any words or what the hell you're supposed to do, where the hell you're supposed to go. I didn't even know how to get the baggage claim. And you get there, and then they drop you off. I'm like, okay. You know, they don't, they're not speaking English to me either. And they're just like, drop you off. I'm like, see you later. I'm like, okay, oh. now what? And then the coach, Valerie Brogan, this guy was an animal too. I actually love the guy. He, he would not speak English. Probably general principle. I didn't know that, Okay. First, I just thought he didn't speak English. And all the Russian players, a few of them spoke some broken English, but nothing like nothing beyond like high type mm-hmm. thing. And so he's, he'd come in and have a full team meeting. And I'd be like thinking about who I'm going to like try to Skype with later and <laughs> what TV shows maybe I've got on the sling box at the time. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, what time do the kids get up? And then I just go out and play. I don't have a clue what's going on. Be like, okay, you're on, you know, power play. I don't even know what the breakout is. I don't even know my, I don't even know my partner's name for that matter. <laughs> and it was like that through every practice, everything. I literally went out and played hockey that year, not having a clue of where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to talk to. So this went the whole oh, that's year. That's how he and I play. It hockey. went the whole year <laughs> until we played one game, and it was against this team named Vitas Chekhov. And they had some tough guys on that team, a couple of guys that came over from North America. And their owner was known to basically go down and pay players to go out and ruin other guys, like with cash. It was like, okay, so it's Fight Club, you know? Wow. And uh, that game they had a guy, and 
we, we skate around and warm up and you kind of like eyeball me. I'm like, okay, dude, settle down. Right. One, I'm not even worried. Two, I'll take a 40 game suspension here. It doesn't even matter to me. I'd rather go home at this point. And then Valerie Brogan comes up to me right before the game. And he looks at me and he goes, uh, you'll play a lot tonight. Uh, you no fight. Hmm. I'm like, I'm like, son of a, do you can speak English? <laughs> I literally said that to him. And he's like, I can speak English. I played here back in the Soviet days. I'm like, you son of a. I'm like, why haven't you thrown me a life preserver this whole time? Is there is there a little bit to be uh, having some innocent, uh, you don't know really what's going on, just go out and play and let your natural ability Yeah, for take like a over? day or two. Yeah, After so. that, it's confusing. It's and then, he, too- you know, the Russian coach is like yelling at you red in the face. And you're like, dude, I'm sure you're mad at me. And I'm sure it's really good what you're saying right now. But... <laughs> I yes. have no idea. I agree with everything. Listen, man, I would do what you wanted me to do <laughs> if just, I knew what that was. Just tell me. But <laughs> right. it goes back to a culture thing, okay, Donnie? Sure. And that's the one thing I learned is I went over there with an open mind. I really did. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do everything I can to be a Russian while I'm there. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys go over there and they're like, well, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. I don't want to do this. Oh, that looks uh, no, I, no, I'm good. You know, I'm not eating that. I'm not trying this. I went over and I was like, I'll just give it a shot. They do some different things, okay? And, like, every day you get to the locker room, you got to walk around and shake everybody's hand. Everybody's hand in the building. Anybody you see in the morning, you got to shake their hand, say good morning to them. Hmm. I didn't realize that. First time I come walking in the room, throw my bag down, everybody's kind of looking at me. What's your problem? And I watch two or three guys come in, go around and shake. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I got up and went around, shook everybody's hand. I'm like, okay, I'm figuring it out here. Mm -hmm. By, you know, a week in, 10 days in, I was trying to do everything I could to be like them. And it went a long way. About a month in, these guys are looking out for you, man. Yeah. Right. They are. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Know? you? And especially after you go for your first few beers together, then it's like, hey, the, we can hang out now. Right. And you can kind of communicate. It was a learning experience. I guess to backtrack it all the way to the beginning, it's sometimes a language barrier for the young players uh, coming over here. We don't think about it until you've lived it on the flip side. And yeah. I can tell you, it's hard for them. Man, I absolutely bet. Well, another busy week for our St. Louis Blues. We will have another podcast for you on Thursday. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Make sure you're sharing us with your friends. As always, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, Jamie Rivers, former Blues defenseman and team member at 101 ESPN. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up-to-the-minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.